Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. It is so cold outside that I flicked my bick and it fell off. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. Remember, you must be 18 years of age or older, or the age where you're old enough to smoke wherever you're listening, in order to listen to this wonderful program about pipes, pipe tobacco, and all those parts of the pipe smoking hobby that we love. All right, in tonight's show on pipe parts, I'm going to take a shot at answering two questions that were emailed in to me, and I'm guessing that if uh, George and Brad have these questions, well, you're going to have them too. So pipe parts, going to answer these two questions. Uh, My guest tonight is Jared Coles pipe maker and uh, you might know him from J&J Pipes but he's got some news to break and uh, music mailbag and rant all that coming up in this wonderful middle of the winter episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show Um, listen last Friday last Friday night came out on Saturday if you want to if you want to hear me talk more about Disney stuff I was on a podcast called The Sweep Spot. The Sweep, S-W-E-E-P, Spot. Uh, it's available on iTunes, or you can go to thesweepspot.com. Uh, they had me on there. Uh, Lynn and Ken, the hosts of the show, are two former Disneyland uh, custodial members, and they talk a lot about the uh, the real geeky part of Disney history and uh a lot of uh, inside stuff on what all they did as members of Custodial. Well, they had me on to talk about the year 1986. Uh, I want to talk about a throwback in time. A one-day pass to Disneyland in 1986 was $16.95 for adults. That current ticket price now is $99. <laughs> That'll shock you into having a magical day, won't it? All right, enough of that. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company, and here we go. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. All right, we are back, and it's uh, listener question time for pipe parts. All right, so George Edmondson writes in, Brian, another question that I'm curious about. Is there a reason pipe makers use bamboo other than aesthetics? Does bamboo last as long as the traditional material for shanks? 
Does bamboo contribute or detract from the smoking experience? And why did bamboo become so popular as opposed to other wood material, wood or woods or materials? All right, so let's go back to what I know as uh, what I've been told and what I've heard and what I've learned. Um, all right, why is is there a reason pipe makers use bamboo other than aesthetics? As far as I can tell, the beginning of bamboo was, uh, in particular with Dunhill, uh, bamboo was used as a way to kind of filter and absorb some of the smoke uh, or some of the juices. The bamboo was left raw in the down the center, so they'd get the bamboo, drill it out, and leave it raw and open. So the natural fibers of the bamboo, the exposed fibers inside the draft hole, would grab some of the moisture, and they'd start to blacken up over time, and then you'd get those really good-looking patinaed black bamboos. Um, did it, it? You know, eventually it's going to get to the point where it's going to get filled up with tars and everything, and it gets kind of nasty. Um, why use bamboo? Uh, let's go on to his next part of his question. Does bamboo last as long as the actual briar shanks? Um, does bamboo last as long? Yeah, it depends on it. <laughs> if you sit on it, you're gonna break. You're gonna break even briar. Um, one thing that bamboo does do is, if you're gonna break the pipe, the bamboo gives another soft joint between the bamboo and the bowl for the pipe to kind of work as a breakaway. Uh, bamboo that is mounted properly on a pipe by a pipe maker that is proficient with working in bamboo, that pipe's going to be stronger than if it was a briar shank. Uh, you don't know if there's any air pockets in the briar. You don't know if there's any little fissures that weren't seen when the pipe was being made with the bamboo. The way they sleeve them nowadays and the way they're fixed and and uh, and and sealed on the outside, that bamboo is going to be stronger than any piece of briar is. Um, let's see. He said, "Why did bamboo become so popular as opposed to other woods or materials?" Now, the other uh, the other shank extensions that we're used to seeing, and here's what bamboo does: uh, if a if a pipe maker's got a brilliant piece of wood that's just a just big enough for the bowl and a little bit of a shank. The pipe maker doesn't then have to cut a big long stem to put on it and make it look like it's a little tiny bowl with a big long stem. Uh, the bamboo aesthetically reaches to the stem, which stems tend not to be the prettiest parts of pipes, although they're highly important. Uh, the other shank extensions that were used, horn, uh, bone was used, Bamboo, I think, took off because of its just natural beauty. And in particular, the Danes started working with bamboo and using it as an, as an extension of the form and the flow of the pipe. So that's where, uh, uh, that's where bamboo really, really began, began to become uh, popular. Uh, does bamboo contribute or detract from the smoking experience? I've got a couple of bamboo pipes. I like them. There you go. Uh, does it, you know, it makes the pipe a little lighter, but that's about it. It can make the pipe longer than it should have been and be less weight. So there's my answers. Uh, if you've got any comments or anything that you'd like to add, please post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page or email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, Lord of the Pipe Rings, Brad Hochter from Las Vegas writes, Spigot pipes, have you touched on them in pipe parts yet? Yeah, I think I touched on them. Uh, but he says here, someone mentioned them in a thread on the forums recently. I thought I recalled someone at some point posting a link to a historical article saying they were invented in World War I with soldiers repairing broken shanks by fitting a bullet casing to the shank and fixing the stem to it. Someone else tried to say that they came about well before that, and his only source was a pipe believed to be from 1897. Call me crazy, but I don't really classify 17 years as a long time or well before. 
if you have any clarity on the origins, it would be greatly appreciated. And if you haven't done a pipe parts on it yet, could help you fill some airtime as well. Yeah, um, just to recap a little bit, a spigot pipe is where a pipe has a silver cap over the shank and a silver cap over the stem, and they fit together there. It's a highly, highly durable fitting for those pipes. It's also a lot of silver work. Um, rumors of it being started in World War One, yes. I have seen pictures of and actually held pipes from the 1890s that were just capped on the shank. And they cap it on the shank, round it off, and then put a straight stem right into it. No tenon on there. So it was a way to um, cut out one process in there because the tenon is the strong thing that holds the stem into the draft hole. So when were they invented? I couldn't find out. Couldn't really tell you. I can tell you that um, they weren't put on briar pipes before the 1850s because there were no briar pipes back then, but I'd be willing to bet that there was some sort of metal adornments that were being used on uh, pipes, oh, way back years, way before the 18, uh, the 1890s. Um, again, if you've got any ideas on that, post them on the forums. Email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. All right, in just a minute, Jared Coles will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is molto dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Satleft Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us from uh, from lovely Central California is Jared Coles, pipe maker, and you may know him primarily from J and J Pipes, but. Jared, let's talk about what's going on with you and J&J Pipes. So let's get right into it. Sure, sure. Well, um, as people may or may not know, um, J&J Pipes uh, has been around for about three or four years now. Um, uh, when I first started making pipes, it was with my dear friend uh, John Close, who was the other J in J&J Pipes. And um, so we've been doing that for about four years now, officially. And uh, we've been we've been kind of discussing some of the goals going forward um, for about a year now, just kind of trying to, to think about what we want to do with the rest of our lives, um, uh, more geographically than anything. Um, and so, in December of 2015 not that long ago, uh, we decided that we were going to move ahead from J&J Pipes and start making pipes under our own names um, so we could sort of um, be a little bit more flexible with the geography because uh, I think uh, we don't necessarily want to be tied down to this locale forever, um, but also to kind of explore some new um, 
aesthetic and artistic avenues because one of the goals that we set for ourselves at the very beginning was to make pipes that no one could tell apart. And we feel like we've met that goal pretty well. And now that we've met it, we were kind of trying to decide on a new goal. And one of the things that we really want to do is kind of explore our own individual uh, artistic paths, if you will. So that's that's going to be um, the situation moving forward. Now you guys don't hate each other. There wasn't there there wasn't blocks of briar being thrown at each other's heads. You're still friends. You just decided that you're going to work separately. Absolutely, and actually, we're going to still be using the same shop and the same tools. It's basically going to be the same setup as it was before, um, but we're just going to be um, kind of trying to find our own unique voices. Um, in the pipes, and uh, we felt like it would be easier for collectors to understand what was going on and um, the public, the pipe public in general, if there was an actual name on the pipe, uh, because it, it can be confusing because we see a lot of people at shows and uh, you're those J guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me, are you the first J or the second J? Um, Exactly. All right. So, which we, is great, but you know, we'd like people to put a face to the pipe. So, going forward, how are your pipes going to be stamped? Um, my pipes are going to be stamped Jared Cole's pipes um, with uh, a year and a, a pipe number. Or, you know, every year we'll start fresh with pipe number one and go on to pipe number. I don't know. 80, 100, whatever <laughs> happens to be. All right, so let's go back. Now we got we got the breaking news out of the way. Let's go back and find out a little bit about you. Where did you grow up, and when did you start smoking a pipe? Um, I grew up in um, basically the... I, I hesitate to use um, scatological terminology on, on a family show, but it's, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the bum crack of California. It's right in the middle. It's uh, the agricultural section. Um, I grew up in an orange grove. Um, so I grew up um, kind of homeschooled and wandering around the countryside, and that was kind of my childhood. And uh, my grandfather smoked a pipe, so that's kind of, that was my introduction uh, to pipes. Um, and then when I, when I turned 18, I went out and I bought a, uh, Dr. Graybo, I think it was, and some Captain's Black Cherry, and, uh, that was not a great experience, um, but I, I stuck with it, and I eventually found myself with a Savinelli and a Stanwell and that sort of stuff. Now, when you when you started, did you have somebody that was able to show you how to pack a pipe, or did you just walk into the drugstore, pick out a pipe and tobacco, and try to burn your face off? <laughs> it was mostly the face-burning thing. Um, and it, it took a, quite a while before I was proficient at smoking the pipe. And I, I still consider myself to be a, a student of the pipe because I find myself forming bad habits if I if I'm not paying attention. <laughs> so I'm I'm still still trying to perfect it. Do you so you're as a as a student of the pipe, does that mean that you're still regularly trying different packing techniques or you're trying different tobaccos and still still trying to find your way? Well not not so much finding my way, but trying to be vigilant about that. My my issue is that I like smoking while I'm working. Um, in the shop, and, I, you know, pipe makers I, I are very fortunate and we can smoke while we work. Um, and so I I love smoking while I'm working, but that usually means that I'm smoking way too quickly. And so I have to kind of uh, pace myself and make sure that I'm enjoying the tobacco instead of, you know, pouring Drano in my mouth. 
Uh, do you remember that aha moment when you had that first bowl of of pipe tobacco that was like, okay, this works, or I've got an, you know, I think I got an idea of how to do this. Yeah, um, actually, it was with John, I believe, um, and we were sitting in a, and it's gone now, but it was a little um, brick and mortar shop here in Fresno, and they had a, a blend that was, uh, it was an aromatic, but it wasn't too strong um, in sweetness, and I just. We, I bought my I bought my first Savinelli that day. It was my first good pipe, and I just remember thinking, "This, this is the good stuff. I could get used to this." And it just kind of snowballed from there. And I got I've since gotten into a lot more um, stinky blends, I guess you know, real heavy Latakia and Kentucky Dark Butter and that kind of thing. And let me ask you about working working with a pipe while smoking. Are there times when maybe you're just sitting and filing a stem or something, and you're puffing away, and all of a sudden you realize you haven't worked on the pipe for like five minutes? Actually, uh, it's the opposite problem. I keep I work I keep working, and then I realize that the pipe has gone out about five minutes ago. And there's, <laughs> there's well, this is embarrassing, but there's there's sometimes. A little drool on the pipe because I just hold it in my mouth for too long, and I'm so focused on making the p- other pipe that the pipe in my mouth gets ignored. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get in that zone, and whatever probably, happens. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't say that. That's probably a little, a uh, little bit too much information. But uh, no, don't don't feel bad. I'm a uh, I'm an exceedingly wet smoker, and if I'm sitting here, yeah, you know, if I'm sitting at my desk working on emails or something, and I'm typing away, next thing I know, something's dripped down onto the keyboard, and I'm like, "Oops." <laughs> uh, but we won't talk about any of that. Uh, so what what got you? Uh, what gave you the idea that you could make a pipe, and how'd you get started making pipes? Well, I um, I was at call, uh, university, um, and I uh, I was doing a degree in economics, and I was kind of bored. Um, I think I was engaged at the time, and my wife to be was about four hours away, and so I just I didn't feel at home where I was, and I got bored, and I started getting more into pipes and tobacco as kind of a a way to be interested in something. And uh, I really, I really got into pipes, and I really started looking online, and I got, I found smoking pipes, um, and that's sort of where I discovered um, high-end pipes. And I think my initial um, kind of infatuation was with uh, guys like Jeff Grasick, Todd Johnson. I found some tokatomis that I just I couldn't believe that people were actually able to do that. And I, I, I remember the moment, the exact moment, I was like, I should probably do that because that looks so freaking cool. <laughs> so so what did you do after that? Did you buy a starter block and uh, go after it? Yeah, yeah. We bought a, I bought a little starter kit with the stem in there. And actually, I still, me and John did it together. Um and uh, I, we still have the first pipes. They're completely hideous, um, but we have them up displayed on the wall to keep us humble. <laughs> and uh, so that's how it started. Did you uh, did you go work with anybody to to fine tune stuff? Yeah. Um, so I had made I think about. 15 pipes, and they were all real stinkers. Um, and I had ended up moving to San Diego after I got married um, for, a, for a year, um, and I thought it would be a good idea to talk to Jeff Grasick uh, about pipe making. And so he generously allowed me to buy him a beer and uh, pick his brain. And then that sort of turned into... Can I sweep your floor and watch you make a pipe? Can I 
sweep your floor again and watch you make another pipe. Can I, you know? <laughs> and so I ended up getting to spend a decent amount of time in, in Jeff's shop and actually see how good pipe makers made pipes. And it kind of, and I tried to pick up as much as I could. We're going to take a break right here, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, how clean Jeff's floors are and what it's like growing up in uh, the land of Grapes of Wrath. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, with Jared. So uh, after after uh, Jeff's floors were spotlessly clean, uh, what was right. the initially? What was the hardest part of pipe making for you to get a handle on? Well, that's a hard question actually because I'm I'm not necessarily what I would call naturally gifted in, the, in woodworking or anything like that. Um, so for me, the whole thing was really uh, a big learning experience that I, I had to put a lot of effort into getting things right. Um, and I, I know a lot of people will spend a lot of time on their pipes at the beginning and just try and get them as right as possible. And I, I'm not sure if it was a mistake looking back, but I, I took the opposite approach. I said, I'm just going to make a lot of pipes. And so I kind of, um, I practiced by making a lot of pipes, and then I slowed down once I started to get the hang of it because I, I just looked back on the pipes that I had made and saw the mistakes. And so it, it really was a, a big learning experience. And I think the hardest part was probably the buttons that just getting those really really great was the hardest part is there a favorite part of the process for you uh, well i think this, the standard pipe maker's answer is the shaping and I, I i i can't disagree with that it's it's really great but i do love um i do love finishing a pipe actually Getting to take it from rough to smooth to shiny, that it's just, it's kind of a joy when you take it to that final buff and everything just kind of pops. Yeah, and you get to see the result of your work sitting right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really a treat. It's a, I love, I really do like making pipes. It's very rewarding. Is there a is there a shape in particular that was hard for you to for you to get a handle on? That's a difficult one. Um, there are two that come to mind um, that I love the most to make, um, 
And I think the reason that I love to make them so much is that they are sort of difficult. Um, one is the billiard, um, and it's such a simple pipe, and that's what makes it so difficult to get it just right. And the other is the blowfish, um, because there are no rules. There are no, yeah. there's no set way to get it just right. And so I'm always sort of dreaming of the next one, how to make it just right. That's, a, that's interesting because the, the two shapes you mentioned, you're right. The billiard has, you know, has, has very little room for variation on what a, on what a billiard looks like. Yet the blowfish can be, you know, I guess it's supposed to be a cross grain with some cut panels in it somewhere, but you're free to do whatever you right. want. Yeah, and the, the definition of the blowfish has sort of become more and more vague over the years. <laughs> it, it's kind of the default. It doesn't fit any other shape, so it must be a blowfish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, you are a full-time pipe maker. How many pipes a year do you think you're going to be able to produce? Well, it's sort of a... Um, depends on the pipes, I guess, that get made. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to shoot for about 100, and you know we'll see probably within 20 pipes of that. So between 80 to 120, but probably closer to... 90, I, I don't know. This is fairly new because uh, with J&J, uh, we were trying to make about 150, um, maybe a little bit more. Um, and so kind of I'm very excited to kind of find out what, uh, what the right number is for me because I, I really want to try and get really, really good and uh, – I feel like there's a good J and J was like a PhD program for me, and I feel very excited about kind of exploring exploring some new shapes and and things like that. And I'm not really sure how long they're going to be taking me. So, and now this may also be kind of into the future for you, but where can we go to see your pipes or yeah, you know, see pictures of them and. Uh, and I guess uh, the J and J pipes they'll end up filtering out, and then that'll be the end of them. So will you have retailers right. that'll carry them as well? Yeah. So um, smoking pipes is going to be carrying them, and as should uh, most of the retailers that are currently carrying um, J and J pipes. Um, uh, you can go to jaredcolespipes.com dot um, to see. Some information. I don't have any pipes up currently, um, but you should be seeing um, pipes from me pop up in the next, um, I don't know, month or so um, from some of the major retailers. So there you go, fast-breaking news. Um, so yeah. in your free time, what do you? Uh, what keeps you busy? Um, I've recently become somewhat of a uh, amateur gardener. Um, not a very good one, but I do enjoy it. Uh, I grew some really, really good habaneros this summer. That was that was kind of a treat. Ooh, could you cure the briar in like a in like a pepper sauce? Well, for you, yes, I can. Okay, never mind. Um, and now where you where you live is kind of it, it's it's kind of it's i mean right in the middle of the central valley of california do you get a chance to get up into the hills at all uh as often as i possibly can um we're only uh about an hour from the, the big trees the sequoias and uh, about two hours from yosemite so actually my family went up there for christmas that was that was an interesting uh, experience because it, we got caught in a snowstorm on the on the way up, about six thousand feet up in the in the mountains. So, wow! And and all you but, people in California yeah. are just thrilled to see that snow because you need the water. Oh man, we're so desperate. 
Um, when when you were let, let's go back to pipes for a second because when you were starting sure. out uh, making pipes yourself, was there a was, was there a type of pipe that you had in your head that you could make but couldn't get it out? Was there a type of a pipe maker that you wanted to that that you thought you could do? Hmm. Question. The people that I really looked up to, I think, um, were uh, to me the the big three um, of the kind of the high grade American scene: um, uh, Jeff Grasick, Todd Johnson, and uh, Brad Pullman. Um, with and I hadn't really discovered a whole lot of others early in the game, um, and I really admired their kind of synthesis of Danish and Japanese aesthetic to kind of create the American pipe, their American style pipe. And do you prefer to shape the pipe first and then drill the bowl or do you drill first? Um, I really prefer to shape first. I think um, it, it makes for a very different looking pipe. It makes for a very much more organic feeling pipe. Um, but uh, there are occasions um, where turning a pipe on the lathe is appropriate and drilling it first and that sort of thing. And I probably about 10% of my production thus far has been on the lathe because I do enjoy a classic, like a very classic classic now and again. Are there some materials that you're looking forward to working with that you didn't work with with the uh, under the J&J brand? Sure. Um, for J&J, we worked a lot with um, Orange, which is a very close, uh, close, well, very similar to Boxwood, which is a very popular um, accent for pipes. Um, but I, I'm kind of looking forward to using some more um, horn accents. Um, and I'm also looking forward to working a little bit more with bamboo, although we have, we've done quite a bit of bamboo, but I'm excited to kind of explore that look even more. I, I was going to say, I thought there were in Las Vegas, there was a bamboo pipe on, on your table that I kept going by and sticking my finger in the bowl and hoping that it would just, you know, disappear with me. But, uh, <laughs> it didn't quite make it home with me. I think I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'll get you next time. Yeah, somewhere somebody out there has a bamboo J and J pipe that probably has my fingerprints in the bowl coating. Uh, which let's it's talk. An honor. That pipe is honored to have <laughs> your fingerprints. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I washed my hands. Um, let's talk about bowl coating for a minute because I haven't really gotten into it with too many people. Uh, are you gonna? Oh, okay. Are you gonna coat your bowls? or Are you gonna leave them smooth? I'm going to coat my bowls. I uh, I really like the way it looks. I like the way it smokes. Um, and I know not everybody feels that way. And I'm always happy to make a pipe with no bowl coating for anybody who wants it. Um, but I feel like it, it it's just erring on the side of caution. Um, and I feel like it looks like a finished pipe when it has a bowl coating in it. That's just my opinion. And like I said, I'm happy to make pipes that don't have them. It's your opinion, and you're the leading expert on your own opinion. As as long as your wife's not around to tell you differently. Well, oh, is she around? She's not around. Okay, no, no I'm okay. safe. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> does the so the bowl your bowl coating is not going to put any flavor on the pipe? It's just there to just a little protectant on the inside. Yeah, yeah, and I used um, a very popular recipe. Um, so I, I, whenever you're getting a pipe from me, you're probably getting the exact same bowl coating that you're getting from, you know, 90% of the handmade pipe makers around. So <laughs> um, I, I feel like it's fairly standard at this point. What pipe shows do you think you'll make it to this year? Uh, well, I'm going to be in Chicago. Um, I'm going to try and be 
in um, Columbus, maybe. Um, I haven't really considered uh, Kansas yet, but I might. And definitely in Vegas again. Yeah, well, Vegas is just over the other range of mountains for you, so you better. Sure, yeah. Uh, did you uh, did you finish college and finish your degree in business and then decide to just goof off and make pipes and be happy? That, that was kind of, yeah, that's the gist of it. I, uh, I finished my degree, and by the time I had finished, I was so convinced that I had to make pipes that it just sort of, I had a few other jobs after that, but I, I couldn't stop, and I, I still can't. I've tried to take a break every now and again for making pipes, but it just never works. I have, I, it's a physical compulsion. I have to make pipes, so. <laughs> so you have to make pipes, so we have to buy them from you. Well, I, I you know, no pressure. Okay. All right, Jared, we will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Here comes all the pressure. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. What's your favorite pipe? Uh, I made a pipe. Um, well, I have made a pipe in Jeff's shop that first time in, back in 2011, I think it was. And so he, he did one half, and he was kind of, snatching it from me on occasion to make it right but uh i still have it and it smokes wonderfully and that's that's my favorite pipe it's a little uh, billiard what is your favorite tobacco um i just opened a tin of glp's gaslight and that's really good that's a couple years old it's really tasty but i think it's kind of a toss-up between uh, GLP's Westminster or um, Plum Pudding, the Seattle Pipe Club. And what is your favorite drink? Um, anything gin-based is really good. Um, I like uh, a little ginger, ginger beer and, and gin. That's very tasty. All right, so explain, if I'm looking for a really good gin to make with a basic gin and tonic, uh, what kind of gin should I look for? Oh, um, Hendrix is pretty good. Um, there's a brand that I've, a friend of mine has, has given me some, and it's fantastic. It's like a sipping gin, but I'm trying to think of, it starts with an M, I, I can't for the life of me remember it, but Hendrix is a good place to start for mixed drinks, I think. And when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Um, hmm. Book. I, uh, I've been reading a lot of uh, books. Uh, it's boring for most people, but economics... I like I like to keep up if I can. So he's got a he's got a business major and listens reads economics books and loves pipe making, which is obviously a huge <laughs> business. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, last question and possibly the hardest. Do you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? I think it had to be. Uh, we our first. Show is J and J. We went to the Vegas show, and we brought we bought Brad Pullman a beer, and he proceeded. And we were all smoking our pipes, and we were kind of showing him what we had brought that year, for the first time ever. And uh, he proceeded to give us a lecture for forty five minutes about how you should construct your buttons and your mouthpieces, and that was probably the kind of a life changing moment for me. It was it was beautiful. That was the best beer money you ever spent. Oh, man. Good investment. To see Jared's pipes as soon as they're ready, it's Jared, J-A-R-E-D, Coles, C-O-L-E-S. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. All right, good. You did. Uh, dot com, and uh, we'll look uh, for... JaredColesPipes.com. JaredColesPipes.com. 
we'll look forward to seeing him, and I guess I will uh, see you in uh, Chicago. Yeah, I very much look forward to it. I, uh, I owe you that drink, so don't forget. Just one drink. Don't take advantage of me. Hey, hey. Your words, <laughs> not mine. Okay. Jared, thanks for joining us. Thanks for... Uh, of course. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, and thanks for breaking the news with us. Uh, we we always like fast uh, fast breaking news around here. Sure. We'll be back in just a minute. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th president of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco, founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes, or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back. Hey, you know what? I should have asked Jared why he likes to use bamboo, Uh, but check out all of his pipes. Anyway, for uh, music, yeah, for music, last week I asked my buddy Dino to send us some musical suggestions, and the first one that I picked out, he sent a great list of stuff, Uh, but the first one is a duo by two pipe smokers. Yeah, two pipe smokers. Oscar Peterson and Dizzy Gillespie, and this one's called Alone Together. Thank you. 
those guys are so cool. I bet their pipes never even got hot enough to burn tobacco in them. What's this? A letter for me. All right, we got a big mailbag to get through. And let's start off in iTunes, because I'm not sure I've read all these. But uh, T.D. Chiraldi writes, uh, Fun and educational. I've learned much from the show. Segments on pipes, tobacco, smoking, etc., there are interviews more like chats. Yeah, that's because I don't interview people. We just talk. Uh, trivia and even a rant or two. Brian is an entertaining host most of the time. That's me saying that. Uh, listening to the show is much like sitting and talking about the avocation with a good friend. Keep it going. Thank you very much. Uh, Sasquatch. Yeah, we got like three or four here that I'm not sure I've read yet. Um the Sasquatch writes, I never get to listen live, but I always play the podcast. I have an hour of driving to do every day, so this podcast helps make, helps make Wednesday's commute much more bearable. Really love the show and have learned a tremendous amount about pipes, tobaccos, etc. just in the two months or so I've been listening. Thank you very much. Glad we make your hump day a little easier. And uh, last on iTunes, Ring Doc. Writes, I like the pipe heart segments, very informative, and of course the interviews. Only part I don't care for is Brian's selection of music. I want talk not someone's personal music, but you know what? I know where the fast forward button is and I use it, but the rest of the show is always entertaining. Well, <laughs> maybe one of these days we'll hit a music piece that you like. But thank you very much for those iTunes reviews. We greatly appreciate those. If you get a chance, please, please, please... Leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Uh, going back to Christmas, Tom Doler wrote, uh, f uh, first of all, Happy New Year, so we're, I'm a little late. Uh, I enjoy listening to your show very much. I have a one-hour commute to work, and I don't think I could do it if I could do it if I could not sit in traffic with a pipe in my mouth and your show in my ears. Glad we could help. Uh, he says, anyway, I just listened to the episode where you talked about weird Christmas traditions in other countries. You mentioned the German Christmas pickle, which is really not a German tradition at all. I've heard this before and asked all my friends and family, I'm from eastern Germany, whether they ever heard of a Christmas pickle, and they all laughed and shook their heads. He sent me a link to a Wikipedia article. Uh, it turns out it is an American tradition, and here's the fun part of it. Um, the tr uh, according to Wikipedia, it says the tradition is commonly believed by Americans to come from Germany and be referred to as Weinox uh, Gerke. Anyway, uh, but it's probably apocryphal. In fact, the tradition is completely unknown in Germany. It's been suggested that the origin of the Christmas pickle may have been developed for marketing purposes in the 1890s to coincide with the importation of glass Christmas tree decorations from Germany. Woolworths was the first company to import these types of decorations in the United States in 1890, and glass-blown decorative vegetables were imported from France from 1892 onwards. So, it was started because the pickles came from Germany. Anyway... Okay, now into the traditional mailbag, and John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian. Oh, the day for when pipes and tobacco advertising comes back. I doubt that'll ever happen. Um, I wonder if I will ever see it. I've known Bill Feuerbach for years, starting with the old IRC chat group uh, hashtag pipes in the late 1990s. He was instrumental in developing the high-grade handmade K. Woody pipes. Music, George Burns and Bobby Vinton, now that goes back a while. Rave for the Mark Twain coins being minted with monies going to, uh, to his support groups. Good, a coin showing Mark Twain holding a pipe and smoking. Great going, great going to have to get one when they are issued. Great show. Thank you, John. Uh, Burr Oak writes... Brian and Bill, this was a fantastic show due to excellent performances by both participants. I enjoyed the old advertisements. They made me nostalgic for the days when tobacco companies could unabashedly advertise their wares. The interview with Mr. Feuerbach was everything I had hoped it would be. Best of all, my question was answered. K. Woody handmade pipes can be purchased from wvsmokeshop.com. 
They sold at least one pipe as a result of this week's episode. Glad you enjoyed it. Glad you got yourself a new pipe. Uh, Bill45 writes, Hi, Brian. The commercials were great. Brought back a lot of memories. Enjoyed the interview with Bill Feuerbach. He has a great family history in the pipe business. A yellow bowl was one of the first pipes I owned. Nice to know that George Burns was also a pipe smoker. You know, spring is around the corner when pipe show season starts. Great show. Yeah, pipe show season coming up. Uh, Casey Ghost. Dan writes, I'd heard most of the commercials before and it was great to hear them again. Very nice chat with Bill Feuerbach. His company has a wonderful history and is a stalwart of the piping community. Uh, the music was pretty interesting. The Twain coins sound interesting. I might have to get one or more. Yeah, it would be a good thing to have at the Kansas City, Missouri Pipe Show. Uh, Lonesome Piper writes, Very nice show. I've never seen those old commercials. I'm glad there are many more on YouTube. The one I liked the most from this batch was that in which the country club member is showing a size 3 pipe while asking for tobacco and then reveals a size 6 pipe from his inner coat pocket after he's offered something. Ha <laughs> ha. Nice interview. After listening to it, I went online to check out the handmade K. Woodies. Wow, nice pipes indeed. Mark Twain coins. If I lived in the U.S., I would definitely get one. Went to the U.S. Uh, went to the U.S. Mint website there very nice and he put a link in there glad you guys like that um i'm gonna do uh i'll do another round of uh commercials in uh maybe next week or the week after got a couple more they're fun all right in just a minute rant time what are you looking for in a pipe is it the quality of aged briar Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupOfJoes.com. CupOfJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupOfJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupOfJoes.com. And be sure to like them on Facebook, CupOfJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. This may be a little bit of a repeat of a rant, but guess what? It happened again, so I'm going to say it again, probably, and I'm hopefully going to say it in a better way. Uh, If something new comes out, or if I meet somebody new, no, I don't have to try your favorite. It's not the best. It's your favorite. Got it? Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, Last week, Thursday, Friday, I had some time in the afternoon, so I went to a couple of smoke shops around the greater Charlotte area, one of which everybody knows me real well. Great time, spent the evening there, hung out. Uh, The other two that I jumped into and spent some time at, uh, nobody knows me, and I like it that way. I go in, I just kind of listen, I hang out, I sit, smoke for a little bit, you know, do my thing. Well, I asked the sales rep, in the, 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 the guy working in one of the stores in particular, what he thought of a particular cigar. He told me what he thought of it, and then he told me, here's the one that you have to try. This is the best new thing out there, and this, this is the best. And, no, I don't have to try it. 
At the same time, over the weekend, I got two different phone calls from two different pipe-smoking friends wanting to know what I thought of something that they had just tried new because they thought it was the best thing ever and that I had to try it. No, I don't have to try anything. I have to try, I have to smoke what I enjoy. I don't have to try anything. And because you think it's wonderful does not make it the best. It makes it your favorite. That's why my questions are always, what's your favorite pipe? What's your favorite tobacco? It's not what's the best pipe or what's the best tobacco. If you did that, you'd have to base it purely off of sales numbers. Well, stop telling me that I have to try something. There you go. Got it off my chest. I feel better. Okay. Hey, quick reminder. It is January, so please, uh, NASPC, the Pipe Collector, your membership is due. If you don't want to miss out on an issue, go online, get your annual membership. It's, what is it, 20 bucks? I don't know what it is, but you get four or five great issues of the Pipe Collector. That's uh, 300 pages of really good pipe reading that every pipe smoker should have. All right, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Jared Coles for joining me. Uh, wishing you all warm thoughts here from a cold North Carolina. And until next time. About the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy that guy when he was a caterpillar, you know, before he came out.